Kalimera, Kalispera, whatever time you're watching, this is Mappa. And it's a wrap. The season is done. We know who won the league title and now we know who's won the cup. And everyone lives happily ever after, unless you support Abuel, Anorthosi, Baralimni, Olympiagos. And uh, who's the other team that went down? Ah, Agrida. But when I was, oh, yeah, 12 people. You've got to count the 12 people that support Agrida. Well. You know, you can't. All 12. Oh, All 12 of them. I can't show my Agrida. I can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> anyway, that fine voice you heard right there was, was Safa. And we Hello. have a special guest. Hello. We have a very special guest. This gentleman is a good friend. known him for years. He runs the Premier Injury uh, website. He is an FPL guru. And he's got a shit ton of followers. So give him a follow at Ben Dinnery. It's Ben Dinnery. Thank you very much, Stel. Far too kind. Uh, I'm not hey. sure that, um, you, you know, you hit the right point there on some of those, but I'll take them. I've been calling oh, it up, boys. And you're wearing a Newcastle United shirt. And as you know, John Carver was one of the greatest ever managers to have ever lived, <laughs> according to John Carver. He had a bit of a spell in Cyprus. So there's a little bit of a link there. Well, there's, there's also Gets Bayer. Oh, Tamuri, legend, a legend on Tyneside. Well, yeah, you can keep him. <laughs> you can keep oh, him. Crazy horse. I, oh, yes. mate, th there are other words that we can use to describe him, but we're not going to do that just yet. Because uh, when I look at his national team selection, um, I'm not going to go into that. Anyway, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, you know. Anyway, so... Ben is uh, losing his separate football virginity tonight. We're going to keep it <laughs> nice and easy for him. We're not going to hurt him too much. Um, and let's begin with my favourite part of the show, which is obviously an Omonia win because, goodness gracious me, Thasso, we won the cup. You we won it, the cup. You? you bloody did it. it. Back to bloody back. Did. Yeah, tell you your nunna, everyone. Did it this year. Tell your nunna, everyone, exactly. Yeah. We beat yeah. IL by a goal to nil. Um, Karim Ansarifad scored the winner with five minutes to go. Um, it was a bit of a nervy game for both supporters. I actually thought Ayal were, I wouldn't say they were favourites, but I thought they might nick it because they seemed more up for it, where their fans did anyway. But I guess the quality stood out. And as you can see, this is the winning goal. Three passes, uh, four passes actually, one, two, three passes, sorry. Um, and Roman Bezos was absolutely instrumental in, in the win when he came off the bench. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, well, I mean, all three of them, all three of them pretty much um, kind of finished the game off, didn't they? So uh, Karim, obviously, Ansari Fad has been, he's been on quite a bit of good form since the world, since coming back from the World Cup with Iran. Beforehand, that I remember you uh, kind of on, as we say in Cyprus, yeah, yeah. You, you covered him uh, in, yep. in crap. Uh, but yeah, since, since he's come back from the World Cup, he's been... It's been really good. It's been worth it. Uh, Babu Liz, there you go. It, the the bold uh, representing the boldies. He yeah. Played his last game. Thirty-eight for years old. No, oh, no, he didn't yeah. play his last game, did he? No, the second game from was, last game. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, thirty-eight yeah. years old. He he loves that cup, doesn't he? Is it? Is that mm -hmm. six times he's won it as well? So five, five, five. five yeah. Two with Omonia, th three, three uh, only two with them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, he loves he loves that cup, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. There's a there's a few players there as well that are well deserved for some of those players. Some of those other players basically showed up for the last three or four games of the season. Would you Would you agree mm -hmm. with that? They showed um, up for the cup. They yeah. showed up for the cup, and they showed up for the last two or three games. But 
listen, I'm happy with the win. Um, it's covered over a lot of cracks. It's covered over a shit season. Even the president said it. And when the president says that it's been a terrible season, even though he's been like nothing to see here all year, um, you know, it's been a, a good end to the year. But I think before we just discuss Omonia here, Ael had a lot of injuries mm-hmm. going into this game. Uh, their three best players were on the bench. Uh, they only made, played 20 minutes against Baralimi the week before. That was uh, Chibola that came from Aston Villa. Uh, Kevin Miralles, who had a spell at Everton, he was on the bench. He came on the, with like half an hour to go. Um, and they, they looked devoid of ideas. I know they had a couple half chances at the beginning, um, but I think they're just more focused on the changes at the top, which we still don't know what's going on at that club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty pretty much. I think there's, it's the. I mean, I mean, I said it. I said it last week as well when when we were talking about their press conferences. Uh, the Avusti as a manager, he's he's Mister Motivation. You know, he's going he's going to pump those players up. Whereas you had. He's, had... he's the Harry Re- uh, Ben. He's the Harry Redknapp of Cyprus minus the brown envelopes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> but um, well, whereas this this interim coach that I have got in charge, he did, like during the press conference, he didn't sound like he knew what the hell was going on. You know, no. he was he, 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 every question that he was answering during the press conference, he kept mentioning. Avusti and going, I don't know about Sofroni, or Sofroni's had a lot of preparation with his team. And rather than answering questions for his team and, you know, putting some belief into his players. Mm. Saying that, I have been, like all season, Ben, that team has been a massive. They're, bas- they're basically based out of a hospital. Uh, the, the, the team has been. The injury crisis has gone on all season. Uh, Miraz has been injured three or four times. Chibola was out for four months. Um, uh, Kachanit Click, who, who used to play for Liverpool and Fulham, he was... Uh, he did his ACL. Yeah, uh, I think in February? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, quite a lot of these players, good players as oh, well. Then. Berahino. Berahino was on the bench for them. Yeah. Remember Sadio Berahino, right? Ben, who's at yeah. West Brom? He yeah. was on the uh-huh. bench for Ayala at the weekend. And last Wednesday, and he wasn't fully fit either. But yeah, they, 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 they made all these kind of fantastic signings. And they've just been injured the whole time. Like four or five key players, three of them, haven't, they, they haven't been able to put at least three of them in that first 11, if not on the bench. You know, it's been... it's. It, it's it's been a season for him, hasn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely. been great. The, the thing is, Ben, um, you know, you and I, we we used to do the um, the Harley Street podcast, and we always used to speak about injuries, you know, impact injuries, volume, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, load. When you've got a team that only plays one game a week, and they have so many injuries, what does that tell you about the actual training? Um. I think it's difficult, first and foremost. Um, I, I certainly don't know the league. Um, it, one thing that's quite often overlooked themselves is, is the players. So the, the, there's a responsibility on the players. So players coming into the league as well, there's always going to be that period of, of adaptation, first and foremost. Um, and then if they're coming into a team and they tend to be high profile, high status, with that weight of expectation, 
um, and the pressures that the managers are going to be on, you know, you're then maybe forced into making decisions and, and risking players when ordinarily, you know, they should maybe, you know, be given that a, a additional time to recover. So you never quite know what's going on, you know, and, I, and I'm using the Premier League as an example here, as opposed to, you know, maybe it may be slightly different in, in, in separate football, but there's a lot of smoke and mirrors involved. And like I say, that if these players are coming in, then maybe they are taking chances. Maybe they are um, being risked and, and pushed a little bit too hard. And of course, the emphasis on the player as well will, will be wanting to go out there and, and prove themselves. You know, with Kerr Morales, he had a little bit of a check at injury history in the past as well. So you have these players who are coming in and, and maybe, and I'm just saying maybe here because I don't know again, but maybe these players are, are maybe coming into the Cypriot League because, you know, those uh, the upper echelons of, of European football, the big five leagues, are maybe looking at where they've been, looking at that injury history, looking at maybe, you know, that financial package that they would cost to try and, you know, to bring them in. And, and maybe those teams just aren't there anymore. So maybe you're getting a player who isn't quite 100%. And if you've got somebody that's coming in on the back of maybe, you know, used to playing maybe 40, 50, 60%, of domestic fixtures or minutes, then, you know, to maybe expect more than, you know, that and suddenly come in and ultimately start playing 80 and 90% of games is probably just a little bit unrealistic. And we've seen that, you know, a, a lot of times. I think one of the examples that I use in the Premier League is, is Thiago Alcantara. And they go, Jürgen Klopp signed a duff. You know, he's, he's injury prone. He's had this number of injuries. But if you look over his history, even going back to his time, probably certainly at Bayern Munich and maybe at Barcelona, you had a player that effectively played around about 50-55% of all domestic league merits. And that's continued all through his career. So he's not doing anything different now to what he was doing in Germany, to what he was doing in La Liga. It's just that, you know, they're putting, you know, it, it's reframed in a slightly different way. Makes sense. And especially when you look at Ayal, who've had, how many different coaches have they had this season? So they had Silas at the beginning, then they had the caretaker, then Janewski came in and now they've got another caretaker. So technically they've had four different head coaches this season or four head mm -hmm. coaches this season. Yep. So uh, I'm guessing that makes a difference in terms of the training and everything else that goes on at, yeah. that, at that club. But Yeah, I, I've actually just done, I helped with a study with a guy called Callum Walsh who was talking about effectively that changes of management changes of a backroom staff not just on team performance and availability but from effectively from top to bottom from those at the highest level all the way down to the tea lady and the impact that these changes can make but obviously you know from a from a a team standpoint in terms of implementation of of new philosophies and uh setups and, and formational play you do you know we, we always talk about this this new manager bounce but there's also statistically, and it's proven that, you know, when you bring somebody new in and new backroom staff, you will see a, a rise in, in injury incident rates. And that will spike. And inherently, you know, it could take quite a while for that to sort of level out up to maybe three months. So if you've got this high turnover of coaches, you know, again, you've got this vicious circle. And then also from a player's perspective, you're almost 
trying to having to prove yourself again, maybe earn that contract, earn your place in the first team. And again, it goes back to, you know, well, I might be 100% fit. I might just be 80, you know, 75, 80%. But, you know, I've got to go out because my contract's coming to an end or I need to try and secure my place in that first team, make that first impression. And, and like I say, it's a little bit of a vicious circle. Excellent. Excellent. See, couldn't have put it down myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to add on to that. The kind of the changeover in coach in Cyprus doesn't necessarily mean a changeover of staff. The way it works is a bit a bit strange. Kind of a manager comes into, or, or a head coach already comes into a system kind of behind him that's already been arranged by the club, by a, a director of football, a sporting director. Uh, and it kind of goes off that way. Uh, so I think we've seen it at a few clubs now where, so for instance, Garmiodisa have had seven coaches this season, but seven head coaches. Everybody else behind the scenes has been constant. So it's just it's just the head coach has been different. Uh, well, it's like when, when Lennon got the Ammonia job, they only allowed him to bring one member of staff and that was Gary Parker. When um, McCarthy got the Abuel job, he only brought in one person, which was who's his number two? That was always with him. At, that was with him at Wolves. I forget his name. Ah, forget his name now. So they're only usually allowed to bring in an assistant because they don't want to completely restructure everything. But even that tells me that something is going bloody wrong at the club when they're still getting these injuries time and time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. The short answer would be it's it's not as easy just to pinpoint to to one. Yeah. Um. Th- there are normally several influencing yeah. factors, and, and like I say, look, yes, I think load and training environment and the club are a lot, of it, but also, you know, it's often overlooked the players as well, and and not only you know how they live their life while they're at the club, but what happens away from that and everything that rest and recovery and nutrition and all of these things come together. So. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I will advocate on behalf of the backroom staff when I think it's, you know, fair and reasonable. Um, and like I say, I think players, you know, need to, uh, to take a portion of that blame as well. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move over to the Group A games. And do, we not, the title... do, we not, do we not want to talk about uh, the, um, the, the police reprisals for the... Uh... <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's let's do that after Omoni Ayek because we don't really have much to talk about with that game. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's fine, get our, let, let's, I'll tell you what, let, Let's do this one first. Let's get let's get Abuel and Aris out of the way. Uh, Abuel won four three. Now the title was done and dusted last week. Um, this could have been the the uh, defining game of the season for both clubs or where the title went, but. As it turns out, it was a formality. Um, Addis made quite a few changes. Morgan Brown, our mate, former Leicester player, uh, played there. And um, Abuel won by four goals to three. Hat-trick for Kingsley Sarfo, who's been one of their best players of the past couple of seasons. This is a goal from uh, Stepinski. It did go in, even though you see the ball go through the net. Um, clearly, someone at the Ghazibi didn't do the nets properly. And uh, yeah, one nil. Aris, there you go. I want to watch it again and again because it broke the net. There you go. Let's, let's see one more time. I mean, I mean, do we have? There you go. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, no, that's good. No, but you know, the kind of uh, the the way this game went, kind of showed pretty much 
uh, what what what's going on with both these teams really. You know, Aris's first goal, uh, frailties in Abwa's defence over the playoffs came to the front, but also you know you got Aris's rapid counter attacking football. You know, uh, Morgan Brown had was spoilt for choice basically for uh, for who he was going to pass to. Um, I mean, the penalty is a penalty. Uh, Sacha scoring is is making and is making a name for himself for whichever coach comes in uh, next season. Uh, they need to include him in uh, in and around the first team. I think uh, you can't you can't ignore a player Absolutely. of his quality. Uh, here's Safo's first goal. It's a uh, a great hit, especially from that deflection. Uh, mm. Just he, he hits it on the volley first time. Top corner. Uh, hard to save those. You know, it doesn't matter who's in goal, really, does it? Yeah. It's just uh, you know you're gonna gonna have trouble keeping that one do, out. Do you know, what, mate? I, I'm I'm gonna say he's too good for the Cypriot League, but given his criminal record, he can't really play anywhere else. No, yeah, exactly, exactly. I <laughs> so mean, he's stuck there, really. Yeah, yeah, he's stuck. I mean, I've I've made it well known. Uh, he's a very good player. I don't like him. Uh, but he's a very good player, so it, it is what it anyway, is. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> um, again, uh, Aris score a goal from a corner. Abuel's defense not tracking runners from the corner. Um, you know, awful defending again. I don't know what happened since um, since the playoffs where their defense has gone absolutely. It, it, it's been shocking that def- Abuel's defense has been. Terrible again. Uh, there, Safo's our fault for not tracking uh, the run uh, for the give and go. He just he just stops running and lets the forward player get the goal in. It's a great, it's a great finish again. Another another nice finish. Little little dink. Is that Sikorsky? Um, yep. Oh, it's his final yeah. game for them. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a little cheeky back heel from Safo to get uh, get his second goal. Uh, his third goal was a nice one as well, but compared to, compared to the first two, it's like, yeah, well done. Yeah. You, you got your hat trick, fine, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, you know, the it was, you know, if this if this was final game of the season, if this was for the title, could you could you imagine, you know, the the amount of heart attacks that would have happened during this game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, because um, if if Abol uh, if Abuel had won the, that. That last game against Abolon, they would have needed to win this game by two goals. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. Four three uh, would have been, uh, you know, there would have <laughs> would have been a bit of a finish to this game because it basically it finished three all in the first half, uh, and then in the second half uh, there was just the uh, one more one more goal scored. Um, but yeah. Great end to the season, um, as as a game, but you know a lot of Apple fans will be very disappointed. I think with with the way that the season kind of petered out at the end. Well, yeah, of course, and they're looking for a new manager now because Milojevic. Uh, well, the club announced that Milojevic isn't going to have his contract renewed. Uh, the president Bedridis said that it was the manager's choice to leave, um, although. Reports suggest that he's got frustrated because there aren't going to be many funds available to the club in the summer. And that doesn't surprise me, given that they're, what, 34 million in debt, plus there was that 100 grand fine from UEFA, which is further adding to their problems. 
more stuff has come out uh, today. They're looking for investors. Um, as far as I'm aware, or so as far as I've been told, they're planning a pre-season trip to Bulgaria because obviously that's the only, one of the only places Suffolk can go and travel and play in. Um, and they're looking for... Uh, yeah, I'm dead serious. And they're looking for someone to... Um, to sponsor their pre-season tour to Bulgaria. So they're, they're, they're trying their best, bless them. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a, there's a few things to talk about there, isn't it? It's... Uh, a few. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the president of the club, um, I don't know. I don't know how he's organising himself because, obviously, we just talked about... Um, Changing the, uh, you know, finding a new coach, trying in, trying to bring in new players, trying to organise kind of how how things are happening, but at the same time, he, they announced today that uh, so Abuel Football Limited have announced that they have organised a committee, including board and non-board members, to find suitable investors to help the club out. So, um, but but they're not going to change the board. The directors, no one's standing down. Well, no, they're not standing down, but they're not standing for re election. But Pedridis is. Is he? I think so. As far because as I'm aware. The, 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 whole, the, the, the whole point was that they made the, in the statement, they said that nobody was going to stand for re election just in case okay. these new investors want to put some, want to uh, change the structure I'm, of the I'm club. Just, I'm just leaving it as watch this space then. Watch yeah. This space. Now, I will point to the fact that Abolon did this thing earlier in the season, you know, when Gidzi yes. said he was going to resign from the presidency following uh, that night versus Garmiodissa. Uh, yeah, well, he didn't do a U-turn. They couldn't find, well, any- briefly, they find anyone. Briefly, yeah. They didn't find anyone. So, mm. this for me, this smells like Bedridis is trying to prove he has to stay. Because who else is going to run the club? No one else is going to agree to to invest in this club. So I have to stay in charge. Um, you know. To be fair, would you want to invest in a loss-making business with negative equity and thirty odd million euros of declared in capital letters debt? Ask, ask Ben. Ask Ben. He knows more about finances than I do. Right? <laughs> Ben, I this mean, is a club that reached the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Was it 2012? Was it? Was it long enough that? ago? Long enough long, ago. It was a long time ago. And, you know, yeah. this is a club that dominated Cyprus. I think they won, what, seven titles Ten. in a row, something Ten. along those lines? Ten, yeah. Ten, Ten in a row. Um, and yet they were still able to sack managers and still be successful, like Chelsea, so to speak. But now they're really in the shit, mate. Really in the shit. The thing is, this, this 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 chairman, this president, is the same one that was in charge throughout that successful period as well. So they they haven't changed. It's not like you know Chelsea, for instance, they got rid of Abramovich and then it all went for this season. Uh, so um, it's it's the same guy who's been in charge for this massive period of of success. And also, kind of what's happening to them at the moment. It's, it's. A, I tell you what, it is. It's a content creator's dream. The Cypriot League. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> the thing is, right? The, the whole reason I'm like, 
declared in capital letters is because he, it, it, they did a, they did a press conference to announce a new TV deal with, uh, with a pay-per-view company. Uh, it was uh, Abuel Anorthosis. Yeah, and yeah. the whole time during the press conference, they were banging on about foreign investment and other clubs dec not declaring all their debts. So to me, that says the reason why you're so annoyed about that is because you're doing the same. <laughs> so he's only showing 30 odd million euros of debt. What's he not showing? <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh, um, any potential investor, that's the question he's asking. And you know, where's the receipts for debt that needs to be paid off for people you're not supposed to owe debt to? It's 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 a really annoying time to be a fan of Abuel. Abol it's really annoying time. Which he is. Which yeah. he is. Yeah, which I revealed last week yeah. for the first time. Um, Didn't pick up on that. No. <laughs> listen, listen, right. The, 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 the problem is as well is my position, at least with the organized fan groups, is unpopular. Uh, they, they think, or, or at least they, um, they are of the opinion that he's doing great. He's done great stuff for the club and he's going to continue to do great stuff for the club. Now, there's conspiracy theories as to why that's the case. I'm not going to get involved in, 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 that, in, in that crap because we're going to be here for another half an hour. Um, but yeah, he's killing my club and I want him out. I want him out. He's, run, he's running the club the way somebody would have run, the, uh, run a club of that stature 10, well, you mean like years You ago. mean like Mike Ashley? I was maybe? just going to see a make, big make. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, the thing is, though, is that um, Mike would kind of at least balance books, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 right? yeah. yeah. Uh, look, uh, look, uh, I'll give him. No, I'm not going to give him any credit. No, don't, don't give him credit. <laughs> no, don't no. give him credit because he's going to use that credit he, he run to it, borrow he run more money to do something else. <laughs> he run a tight ship. Yeah. Yeah, right. This guy throws money at a problem you shouldn't be throwing money at. And that's why they've ended up in the situation that they're in financially to the point where, well, the, the club has got very good youth prospects, players on loan that they can utilize next season. But the money's not there to kind of kick the club on. But yeah. They, they also, that, rece they also received a hundred grand fine from UEFA for uh, failing to pay players on time. There have been a few rumours that even the head coach that, okay, he's left now, but that was there at the weekend. Apparently, apparently, I don't know how true this is, he's been helping pay some of the players' wages with his own pocket. Um, and additionally, um, with that UEFA fine of 100 grand, that's the first step. If they do it again, they get a transfer embargo, and that would really F them. But... Um, I'd like to know, Ben, your thoughts on that actual, the highlights, if you were able to pay much attention, because we were kind of talking over it. Was there anything that you saw that impressed you? 
Uh, yeah, I thought it was fairly entertaining. Of course, football's all about levels, isn't it? And it's hard to, to judge, but just as a, as a pure entertainment spectacle. And the guy who you referenced as being unable to play anywhere else in the world because of, you know, what he's been doing away from football, perhaps. Uh, yeah, he looked a bit of a player. I can't deny, took all three goals really well. Um, yeah, yeah, enjoyed it. It was, it was, a, it was a decent game. Okay. Certainly didn't put us off watching any more Cypriot football. Well, I'll sh- I'll show you the next one. The next one you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this one as well because this was very very important because both teams were in the hunt for the final European spot. It was uh, FC Buffer facing Abolon and FC Buffer Ben. Um, their old manager was Henning Berg. He got sacked a few months ago and they brought in Michel Salgado, the former Real Madrid defender. He's their interim head coach. They needed to win against Abolon and hoped that Ike lost against Omonia. It ended up 2-1 to Buffer. A lot of controversy in this one, to be honest, as there always is in, in Cyprus. Um, Thasso, do you want to talk us through this one? Because a certain Bruno Felipe scored his first goal in 17 games, which proved to be oh, the winner. Yeah, 17 yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so there was that there was that penalty shout at the beginning there that wasn't given. What do, what do you think of that one, Ben? Um, I think I would be very disappointed if that had been given against us. I would have certainly made the call if I was the attacking team, but nah, there, there wasn't a great deal in it. Going back to the first game, actually, I thought that was a little bit of a soft penalty as well. I think that probably yeah. could have went either way, but that yeah. one probably just the right call. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree. But obviously, that was one of the controversies he's involved in the uh, in the game. Kind of that would have would have changed it. Um, yeah, so VAR is in use in Cyprus. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know if you if you knew this. You'll you'll see some you'll see some great uh, use. Of the graphical representation oh, yes. of VAR <laughs> later on, my, my it, bugbear with it. Is it a separate interpretation of VAR? <laughs> no. Mm. Mm. Well, oh, depending you, on you, who you are, you'll see it here. You'll see it here. So they they took they obviously they took this to VAR um, because you can see it's very close. So the referee gave it for offside. Uh, sorry, the assistant ref gave it offside. And then they took it to VAR. So they did give it onside, but then when you look at the lines, yeah, it looked it did look offside. It looked like a correct call from the linesman. Well, well, here it comes. Right, let me pause it. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a green line hidden in there. <laughs> can you see? Can you see? There's a green dot on the attacking player's foot. Uh, well, uh, can, can so, yeah, so they yeah they use they use green they use green right, okay, okay. They, they use green on a football pitch. <laughs> they, oh, anyway, um, yeah, so the they use they use trigon. Well, I mean, it's probably the same way that they use it in in, in England, but they use uh, tr- trigonometry to kind of figure out uh, what's going on. And it's the computer system that says whether or not it's an onside or an offside call. Now, the problem that we have in Cyprus isn't necessarily the uh, technology, but it's more the representation of it. Because obviously, cameras aren't super great 
you know, with uh, it's very hard to kind of show kind of very marginal decisions like this. It's very hard to show mm-hmm. that something, you know, it, yeah, it's onside yeah. or yeah, it's offside. And then they put it in fucking green as well. <laughs> Listen, uh, look, I'm all about the entertainment. They're, I think the marginal calls, when they're that tight, I think I would always go in favour of the attacking team. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, my uh, my thinking, I think uh, I've made my point a few times, is if it's that close, then you leave that to the... Uh, to the decision that was made on the field. Mm. So it might okay. be the attacking, it might be a defending, uh, uh, it might be a defending decision. But if it's that close, I think I think we we described it as you know how how many how many uh, what what width of a hair does it uh, you know does a marginal call mean? You know if the width of the hair is less than mine. It's an issue, <laughs> you know. But um, yeah, that's that's my thinking on it. Anyway, is I mean, I mean, I mean depending on the cameras and it, look, those marginal calls anyway, they're not able to tell. I think I'm sure it's within around about a ten to fifteen centimeters. Anyway, they're they're not accurate. Mm. So, like when it's as tight as that, then. Yeah, I, I would go in favour of the attack. Although mm. to the naked eye, it certainly looked offside. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good call by the linesman initially. Mm. There you go. Yeah. So Abolon uh, were a goal up, and then Buffalo scored twice to uh, to win the game. Uh, in terms of the game as a contest, Thassa, these guys played a two-all draw uh, earlier on in the season uh, in Buffalo. And uh, it was Hamas's goal from the practically the uh, the touchline, which kind of evaded everyone. It was his cross that evaded everyone. Yeah, um, and like this had just as much drama, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was in like yeah. the ninety fifth minute as well. It was something, something else. But yeah, so this um, Iliev here, he gets he gets a second yellow for that. Uh, I it's don't think there's many though. arguments. I don't think yeah, you can argue. Yeah. I don't know why he's arguing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, and that kind of um, changed the game a bit more. So kind of it was a more even-ended game, lots of attacking. Uh, oh wow! How did... What a yeah. miss that was, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Abdurrahim has been a very good player, so you know, for for him to miss uh, that is very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, but yeah, yep. uh, and then obviously with the sending off. You know, Bafos piled the players forward, get the, get the equalising goal. This was uh, another one that was. was uh, I, I I don't know why this was. Uh, they they gave this, they yeah. gave this, they, they gave, gave it. I I don't understand how. What 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 have they what have they seen? What have they seen that we haven't? Yeah, so I don't know how they again green lines, but like who is playing them on side? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. The Honestly, blue line I, I is there for, for I, the, the blue line is the Abolon, right? Or is it the green line that's Abolon? Because if it's the, the green, green line's line, Abolon. Abolon, yeah. Well, then he's offside. He is. He is by at least half a yard, <laughs> at least. 
But anyway, so, I think because they, I think because they disallowed the first one and they thought, oh, we got that one wrong, so let's uh, let's give them this one instead. I, I it just doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. But anyway, it is what it is, and um, the winner was scored by Bruno. So basically, two jinxes were broken. Thus, or the first jinx was yeah. Bruno scoring his first goal for the club since joining in January, and the second jinx. Wait Bath for it. One from falling from behind. Yeah, one from behind. First time this season that they've come yeah. from behind to win a game. First time, which, wow. Wow. Yeah, well done, Buffalo. Yeah, and it took him 36 games. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Apollon could have won it at the end. This was this was a very good interception from Ivicic. You know, we've been crapping on him. <laughs> since he joined, but that was that yeah. was a really good decision for him to come out there. And you know, it's He's a good finish up. from Bruno as well. Yeah, uh, so, Bruno you know. Mars. Yeah, but Bruno Mars. He he then goes and ruins it. Yep. By uh, what, what was he? He gets he gets a second yellow card in like the ninety eighth minute, ninety ninth minute. What was it? Or is it is, is it more? Was it more? Ninety seventh, ninety eighth. I don't know. I don't know. But, but well, yeah. This one was onside. We can't argue. Yeah. We can't argue. It was, it was it was absolutely fine there. Goal was fine. But they were checking it for a handball. But I think he controlled it with his shoulder. Uh, but it was this one here where he's actually smashed into the midfielder. And there's and, no uh, need. There's no need either. And then you see him. He's like, is I don't I don't know I don't. Know. <laughs> he took out Spoliaris. He absolutely took him out. I don't know. Anyway, is, anyway, is. So, so Ben uh, Bruno, that Bafo spent money buying him from Omonia and uh, for for a six-figure sum as well. We're not quite sure. Some people are saying four hundred grand. It's big um, for Cyprus, Ben. It's big for it's, Cyprus. It's big yeah. money for <clears throat> Cyprus. <clears throat> Basically, most players that sign between clubs in Cyprus, it's normally for free. Um, but they spent a lot of money on him. And because because he was, he showed some promise when he was playing for Omonia, even though it wasn't fantastic, he, he he did show a lot of promise, a lot of trickery, a lot of you know. It's a tip, I want don't want to say typical Brazilian player, but kind of like Brazilian playmaker. Stat dream. padding, Ben. Stat padding. He joined us in the summer. <laughs> he had a decent couple of months. Went off the wane, and then they sold sold him in January, and he's been shit for him. So that, yeah. that's all you need to know, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stat padding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, basically, basically, I I think he's one of the reasons Henningberg lost his job because mm. I think it was him that pushed for signing him in the first place. Uh, and since then, Henningberg got sacked, and Salgado only brings him off the bench. Uh, and mm. that, and that's how they, he brought him off the bench. He scored his first goal, and then decided to ruin it all by getting sent off at the end of the game. Russia blood. He'll miss the first game of next season, I think. Yep, 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 yep. Unless season, they, so. unless they decide to, uh, unless they decide to uh, rescind it or whatever. Nah, they, but, won't. they won't. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, you know, Bafos have got a good Brazilian top goal scorer, uh, to- joint top goal scorer for the season with eighteen goals. Is that is Jairo? Jairo, yeah. He's been, he's been really good for them this season. He's been injured the last two or three games. <laughs> he came off the bench as well for him. Did very well. Um, but yeah. Now, Salgado is only in charge of Bafos on a temporary basis because um, the way that Bafos work is they've got a lot of 
uh, advisors in the background that are actually you know proper football people so they've got they've got salgado they've got mendieta as well um sits on the board yeah yeah mm-hmm. they've got they've got quite a few quite a few proper football people involved in the board uh, and salgado's only in charge on an interim basis till the end of the season uh, while they look for a new coach now one of the new coaches they're one of the people that they're looking at is gets buyer uh, yeah, yeah. To the point where they're trying, they're, they're throwing a lot of money at him to get him to go there, and also looking to pay Cyprus FA enough compensation to take him away from the national team so he can join Baffle. The other coach that they're looking at apparently is the old Abuel coach. From he'd be a better fit. Earlier. He'd Would be he? a better fit. Yeah, Milovic would. Milovic would. 100%. You don't agree? I, no, I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. Let me me tell you something, right? Ketspire last won a league when? 2015? Was the last time he won the league as a coach? Did he win it the second time with Arsenal? I can't remember. I can't remember. And also, he were in the Champions League before. No, when he was up well. When he was up well, coach. Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, Milojevic came from Red Star Belgrade, having won two or three, or if not four, titles in a row. Was it two titles in a row? He was the head coach. I can't remember because who was who was their coach before him? It was the guy that was a um, it was at Inter Milan before. I forget the name of midfielder. Anyway, so he 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 joined up well, and obviously he he knew the Cypriot League, having managed Omonia before, right? But I think that. The signings that were already there, they, he was, you know, I've, not Augusti signings, but when Milovic got the job, those were the signings that were there. Like he, he inherited them, right? Mm-hmm. The only signings that he made in the Jan- in January were Ben and Makeda. And obviously they didn't work out for whatever reason. But I think the majority of that squad wasn't, wasn't his. So if he goes to Buffalo, I think they'll give him that checkbook. And don't forget, as they're declared, you know, they're, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're 17 million in revenue. You know, they should have some money to spend in. Uh... I mean, yeah, but they've got, they've got a fairly cheap option as well that they can go with, who also knows the league very well, which is one of the things that the press secretary said was important. They've got Poussaididi. Yeah. He's do. free. He's, a, he's free. He's free. He's not going to ask for as much as, as Milojevic will. And you've seen what he can do with the, the kind of players that he would like at a club, especially you know with with a low budget. So imagine yeah. if you had like a good budget and a club that signed players that he wanted them to sign. Yeah. Well, let's quickly touch on Abolam before we go to the next one because I think Ben is going to have to bounce after the next game. So let's uh, let's touch <laughs> on Abolam very very quickly. They released yeah. how many players yesterday? Six. 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 Dabo, Ali, Sami, Radi, Jovanovic, Mavrias and Peixoto. Okay. And out of all those players, none of them were really regular. I think the, thing, the closest one was Mavrias, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, it to in... be fair, Jovanovic has been injured for yeah. six months now. Uh, he had a really big injury. Radi fell out with the club. Yeah, Radi fell out with the club. And uh, Ali, Sami as well got injured. Which yeah. is the reason why they were playing uh, left-back at right-back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Dabo was hardly 
getting games this season, but he was pretty yeah. pivotal last season, scored quite some important goals. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, anyway, let's... watch this space with Anrof with uh, Abolan because it could be the end of Vardivision as well. But we're not going to go into that. We'll wait for that to happen because if Vardivision yeah. ends, I don't know what we're going to do with this podcast. No, nah, no, I know, I know right? You know, we'll lose half an hour's worth of content every week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, let's move on to the next game. So, uh, Buffalo's win meant that Ike had to beat Omonia. <laughs> And they did. They beat us by two goals to nil. And in all fairness, mate, this seemed like a testimonial game for us. We made a few changes, although Zaha will be pissed off. In fact, I know Zaha's pissed off they didn't score this one. He should have done a lot better in all fairness. Um, two goals that we conceded were from, from set pieces. But I think we played pretty well in the first half. Um, but Ajax showed you know, how good they are this season. Uh, they've had a troubled few months. In fact, even before they lost to West Ham, their form dipped a lot, especially this goalkeeper, Pirich. Um, yeah. But it seems to be more of the same from Ayek in terms of their attacking tactics. Get the ball out wide, pop it in the box, hope that Lopez or Tiskowski will get in the end of it. No Farage either, which, you know, his injury could be the end of him for Ayek. Um, but this, yeah, Tasso, This, this I, thing I here, this, this is why Pirich is having a nightmare. Like, what? Yeah. What was that about? And I think that's one of the reasons why Shraddy was released. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the kind of Ajax form, like you said, is, uh, again, like attacking-wise, they, they haven't had that much of a problem attacking-wise. It's been the defending. And I think as a lot of it, this was a penalty, by the way. Yep. This was a penalty. Watch this. Boop. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure why that wasn't given. Although, uh, uh, but how I would so yes, he's in the box. His arms actually outside the box, though. Yeah, but I don't think that. I don't think they Is gave it? it as a free kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not sure why they didn't give that. But yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of one of the the main reasons Ix form has dipped a lot. Is for some reason Pirich form kind of one of the big things in the Europa League uh, especially in the group stages was Pirich uh, you know they, they had um, uh, yeah they had Turkish fans uh, I can't remember which which team in Turkey was, uh, was in their group oh yeah Fenerbahce yeah so um, Fenerbahce fans were actually talking about how good he was in goal for Ajax all the way through the group stages, and you know when you're getting when when it's a, a player of a Cypriot team is getting compliments from a Turkish fan base, uh, you know that um, you know doing He's a really good right. job. But yeah. I think uh, yeah, there was like one game. It was like a nondescript game, you know, worth, that was worth nothing really. And then he made an error in that game against Karmiodisa. And then since then, he's, he's 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 had like two or three of these errors creep into his yeah. uh, uh, into his game, and that has made uh, the defense in front of him a bit more nervous. So, kind of every time the opposing team was attacking, you know, if if they had somebody who could score, you know, one yeah, really. Don't have uh, very prolific strikers, but if you had if if you had a prolific striker on the end of anything, uh, you know it'd be it'd be a goal, it'd be a goal, uh, which is 
you know, but even then, with with the form they've been on since January, it's testament to the form they were on before January that Ajax have still yeah. managed to get into Europe. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's a disappointing goal to let in. That's... Well, both the goals came from set pieces. Both the goals the goalkeeper should have done a lot better, but I'm not going to shit on him because. You know, he's he our third played. choice keeper. No, he hasn't played his third choice keeper, but he's, he's he's our first that's the first choice Cypriot keeper, ben. Yeah. Yeah. First choice Cypriot keeper, third he... choice at his club. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was really disappointed. Yes, I, th- I think they're less. Look, I, I, I like him I, as, a, as, a, as a person. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna piss him off. It's not fair. Do you know what that that comes <laughs> to him quick? That that comes to him very quick. He should be well. dealing with it though, man. He should be dealing uh, with it. I yeah. think he knows it. He knows yeah. it yeah. at that uh, level, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But there, there wasn't really much else that go to go on about this game. I think for me as an Omonia fan, it was nice to see some of the changes that were made, especially in the last 20 minutes, half an hour. We had. Uh, three or four substitutions, three of them being academy players. This one here, Venizelo, that started, He's he's been in and out of the squad. He was on loan away last season at Bayek and he, he came back and the coaches trusted him. He gave an opportunity last week at centre-mid. He did well. He played at centre-back at the weekend. He did well there. Um, so it's looking good. The only thing is one of our academy players, he's leaving. He's going to Harvard to study. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, he got a scholarship, didn't he? Yeah. I don't blame him. I don't blame That's... him, to be honest. You know, but it's uh, it's a good thing. But yeah, again, nothing really to report to this game. I can't actually come up with anything. And there was a goal that Bezos scored, which is absolute beauty. Like this one here, which was disallowed because when the ball came to uh, Ansarifad, who played it back to him, his heel was offside. Um, yeah, there he's offside there. Yeah. So he receives the ball, and yeah, it, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a great yeah. Uh, unlucky. Took this, I took it really well. Yeah, Bezos yeah, has been shit all season. Last two games yeah. have been brilliant. Yeah, he, he's, uh, he's, he's, mm. he's a good player when he wants to be. Jekyll and Hyde player, as we call him. Uh, yeah. Jekyll and Hyde, but yeah. Anyway, so that was that. Uh, there isn't really anything else to say about Omonia apart from the issue, I say issue, um, well... I'm guessing it used to be an issue, but it looks like the president and the association have actually patched things up for now. And they've now struck an agreement, which is going to go to a vote. And if they're happy with it, then it looks like he might have the club for 50 odd years and he might actually get control of the training ground and he might actually build a new stadium. All these promises or all these assumptions. Um, I'm not getting excited about it until it's all done and dusted. Um, is there anything else you need me to add for this, Tassel? Because uh, no, it's just I could get rid of a load of players: uh, Sanjuro, Rosales, Cristoforo, Grobov, and Nikolic. There's five uh, players I released. Yes, Nikolic is a disappointing one because he's been you know top goal scorer in like five different seasons in three different leagues. Yeah. Uh, he showed up in January and he scored once, so that's very disappointing. Um, also heading out is Ola Tunji. Uh, so he's been on loan at uh, Slovan Liberec since January, and they've confirmed that they're exercising the option to buy him. So he scored okay. eight goals in 18 games for them. <clears throat> Transfer mark says he's worth 300 grand, uh, and the deal agreed between the two clubs is, is reported to be 500k, and there's also a, a sell on fee 
for, okay. for Ike there as well. So, yeah, that's that. Well, look, um, I know Ben's going to have to bounce in a second, Ben, but there's one more thing. Thassel, think of one story that we've got <laughs> that you could tell Ben about just so they can leave with a smile on his face because there's a lot of stuff that's happened. There's a lot of stuff that's happened. Yeah, yeah. There's some, There's a lot that's happened in the past week, whether it be match-fixing rumours well, or whether it be work. Just pick do, one of the many. Pick one. Do, do, do we want to do the Abwell injuries thing? Because I need yeah, Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So Let's do something that, let's do something that can, you can relate to. Come on. <laughs> so, basically, we've had seven... Abwell have had seven separate injuries that required surgical intervention this season. So I've done I've done a little table in the notes. I've yeah. I've, I've listed the player and the injury that's requiring surgery. I don't know. Maybe maybe you might see something in there that says, uh, "Hold on, what's going on here?" So we've got Christos Wheeler. He's a defender. Uh, he's got knee ligament. He had a knee ligament problem. Uh, Matthias Susic is also a defender. He's got a meniscus injury. Uh, Lucas Villafañez has had two surgical interventions, one for a shoulder injury and another one that's just listed as muscle. Uh, he's a playmaker for for uh, Abuel. We've got a winger called uh, Dasos Donis. He's, got, he's had an ankle injury. Um, we've got El Fardu Ben, which is uh, one of Milojevic's signings. Again, he's uh, an attacking midfielder, kind of winger-type player. And he's he's done his Achilles tendon in. And then we've got Marquinhos, which I'll do a little bit more of a breakdown on him later. But uh, Marquinhos <laughs> has uh, got an, ab- an abdominal adductor problem. Okay. So is, is there anything there that kind of stands uh, out? I mean, difficult, like I say. Um there always needs to be context in and around every injury. I think first and foremost, again, what people tend to, to not consider is, is the mechanism of injury. You know, football is a contact sport. You will get injuries at some point just because of the nature of the game, the dynamic, explosive, quick changes of movements. You know, that's inherent uh, where we may say high risk in terms of muscle injuries, hamstrings, adductors, um, you know, kicking mechanisms and, and so on and so forth. So it's, you know, to, to understand how those injuries occurred will help give a better understanding of of where maybe you need to be looking. Or I'm not going to say, you know, to portion a, a, a sense mm. of blame, but certainly that that's your starting point. Because, like I say, sometimes it's just unfortunate, unlucky. You know, the a tackle wasn't an opponent, wasn't an awkward fall. I think you mentioned a, a shoulder problem in there as well. Also, you need to, to contextualise with regards to to when these injuries may have occurred. Uh, if you're talking about maybe some of these injuries which have carried over from pre-season, uh, you know, certainly like long term, it, it may be that, you know, that knee ligament or the meniscus one that you did mention, you know, then statistically and, and scientifically, it's proven that, you know, the more sessions that you miss during that foundational phase of training, the higher the risk that you have of, of picking up an injury during the course of the season. Secondly, you know, if you're playing within the season and depending upon your status within the team, and I go back to a, a point that I raised initially at the, at the head of the show, you know, you're you're then playing catch-up. And, and maybe if you're one of those high-profile players, you're maybe, you know, it's a very time-crunched environment. The second you're injured, the stopwatch is ticking. 
you know, those um, those at the head of the club, the, the coaches, the player themselves, everybody wants to know, when am I going to be back on the pitch? And very rarely are you afforded the opportunity to go through a fully comprehensive recovery and rehab program and then be out of that 100% ready to, you know, re-engage in competitive football. It just doesn't really happen. So, you know, there's a lot of chances and, and risks taken along the way, independent upon the club, the size of the squad, the depth, the importance of the fixtures, you know, where you are in the league, you know, then that will determine on, you know, whether you take a chance on a player and, and whether you're not. And, you know, it it goes back to, you know, I always say that, you know, the Arsene Wenger in, in Arsenal, they always had this, this what seemed to be this, um, this injury list that just kept on growing and growing with the same players, you know, the Abu Dhabis, the Jack Wilshers, the Aaron Ramsey, all of those players were, you know, firm fixtures on that injury team. But it was, it was because they were, you know, they were constantly sort of fighting to try and force their way back into the team. And, and maybe on occasion, you know, the, the, the decisions were, you know, maybe not the right ones. Quite often, these are player-led. And yes, you know, coaches, backroom staff, sports science, physiotherapists, they will have the discussions around, you know, do I think you're ready to play? Probably not. Maybe you've got an 80-20% chance of, of going out. But, you know, it's a big game and we need to win. What do you think? Are you prepared to put your body on the line and go out there? And, and like I say, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes you come from, and sometimes it doesn't. So... It's difficult, you know. Um, I had a conversation with with the head of medical um, at Wolves. I think it was beginning of last season, um, and you know, inherently, Wolves are one of those teams that you would look at and go, you know, overall, generally, they have an excellent injury record. They were always there or thereabouts in terms of you know suffering the fewest injuries, suffering you know losing the the least amount of days returned to play. Um, and there was one season where they went through, and uh, I think when they came up into the Premier League, they didn't have a, they hadn't suffered a hamstring injury either, competitive or non-competitive player for almost two years, unheard of. They went into the, the third season or the fourth season, I think they, they suffered something like three ACL injuries all within the space of a, of a couple of months. Now all of a sudden, your injury burden, your load is, you know, starts, you know, their season-ending injuries. They're a, you know as a yardstick they're a nine month injury so all of a yeah. sudden you, you know you've lost you know you lose three players to long-term injuries and and yeah you, there's 27 months you know roughly at best it, you know there's almost two and a half years worth of injuries you've lost in the space of if what could be a matter of weeks so you, you always need to contextualize the the headliners are, are what's always going to grab the attention but you do need to scratch beneath the surface to understand you know the mechanism and what's going on to to try and maybe interpret whether there's there's been at fault or you know whether you just hold your hands up and just say well look no, this is this part and parcel of of playing football, competitive football. You've got to pick up injuries, and and yes, we might have had a glut of problems, but you know, that's just the way it is. Okay, so uh, I mean, if we go back to you mentioned Tiago Alcantara uh, earlier, so we so uh, Dasos Donis, uh, which is one of the players I mentioned as one of the players that uh, needed the surgery on an injury. He has, I think, I, yeah, I did the, I did the calculation. 
So since the 2014-15 season, he's been out a total of 532 days uh, on injuries. That's that's according to transfer <clears throat> mark. So it's not exactly an accurate portrayal of the full injury length or or anything like that. But uh, that's that's near enough and a year and a half in something like eight eight and something years there. Uh, now, wouldn't that be something that will get picked up in, say, you know, when they when they do the fitness tests and the medical exams prior to signing a player? Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a there's a common misconception that that players who um, you know go to for a medical with a club, and and, and the assumption is you either pass or, or fail a medical. That's certainly not the case. What will happen is, and it depends again on. On, on clubs, the player, on where the, in the transfer window uh, this you know the, this saying is going to be done in terms of where that deadline is. But in the ideal world, transfer targets will be identified well ahead of time and you will have the opportunity to go through a battery of tests, um, you, you know, and you will look at, at player history in terms of availability in, in injuries. And then from those tests, evaluations and assessments, club doctors, backroom staff will make a, a list of recommendations. And based on that, you know, those who are maybe, uh, you know, financing the move will then look at that and 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 base a, a business decision around this particular player. So there's, there's factors that are always coming to play. And yes, you look at that injury history, you will then maybe weigh that up against the cost of what it might you know, be to in terms of a transfer fee, in terms of wages, in terms of length of contract, and then you build, you know, that that business need around that, you know, and on that history, you know, you factor in. Well, if we've only had a player who maybe is only available maybe one in every two games, you know, can we afford to carry a player on X amount for X mm. number of seasons? If you know the assumption is we're only going to have him every other game. So there's, there are factors and they're always going to be, um, you know, maybe anomalies within injury histories. But like I say, it, it's not always the case. You know, I've spoke to, to members of, of, of medical teams and, and Johnny Wilson was a was a prime one. He, you know, he, he, he's received a call at, I think, eight o'clock at night, uh, you know, on transfer deadline day. Get yourself down to the club. We we'll want this player. Get it over the line. Make sure there's nothing, you know, obvious, you know, too too bad you know get it signed off and we'll get him on the books you know realistically what are you going to get done in, in a you know a very short time yeah. you know in a handful of hours um and even then it, and it it's certainly a lot easier these days in terms of maybe tracking players but you know players won't necessarily you know walk around with their medical notes you know if you've got a bit of a checkered past a bit of a history you know the even you know now Mm-hmm. Teams will do a quick, you know, Google search. They will say, oh, oh well, you know, you've only, yeah, you know, you, yeah. you've only played 20 mm. games last season. You missed 18. Why? You know, what happened? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was hamstring. Uh, yeah. And he met it. How was it? That's fine. <laughs> you know, well, that's so. So this is where I was. This is I was going. I was going to lead you to it, but but you kind of walk. You kind of walked to where I wanted you to go. So Marquinhos, which is one of the players I mentioned, the one with the abdominal abdominal adductor problem. 
he posted on Instagram uh, following uh, following is either the last game or, or or somewhere around there. And I'll I'll just read I'll just read off what he wrote. Uh, well, my friends, as you all know, I have had surgery just now, and I came to explain. I've been living with this pain for three years, but now as I came from Brazil with many games played, 60, and I feel too much in the last few games having to play with sacrifice and injections because I really wanted to help win the title together with my teammates. We couldn't, but I promise that next season I'll come back much stronger to help. Thanks for all the messages, abuelaras, and my friends who cared. The surgery went well, thanks to God. Now it's time to rest next to my family and come back stronger. Now, I mean, the, the main thing there is that I've been living with this pain for three years. So, I mean, it is that not something that would be like a you know, red flag kind of a red flag issue? There? Um, look, I think there's a if you ask the majority of footballers, particularly see it, you know, coming to the end of a, of a season, you know, how are you functioning in terms of, of, of your status in terms of how physically well do you feel? The majority of players will come out and say, you know, I'm not great. I'm, I'm being patched up. I look at my hometown club, Newcastle, uh, Bruno Guimaraes, I would probably say for maybe for the last two months, uh, managing an ongoing ankle injury, clearly not fit, touted to maybe have ankle surgery. Joe Linton, the same, a doctor issue. You can look at Arsenal. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe is, is a great example. Uh, he had a surgical intervention. Again, it was a an adductor stroke groin problem, more around uh, the development and, and playing at such a young age. But he pinpoints the problems going back to almost four years. So, you know, decisions and discussions around how you're going to manage the problem. And, you know, th th there's a point where, you know, you can look at that conservatively to get through. And again, the, the, the motivations around maybe why surgery isn't always the best option. Um, if we look at uh, Armel Belakocha for Southampton, uh, again, is another example. He dislocated his shoulder, I think, was in and around October time should have had surgery, in fact, you know, suffered a, a relapse or a, a, a subluxation further on in the season. But he wanted to go to the World Cup with Germany. So there's there's other factors to come into to play which which influence that decision. So it's it's not uncommon, like I say, that you know players will be playing uh, maybe not you know you know in and around that 80 to 90 percent. It's about whether they can manage that pain, whether they're still able to perform maybe not at, at optimum levels on a consistent basis. But, you know, if you can manage, and particularly, as you, again, as you touched on at, at, at the head of the show, if the majority of Cypriot football games are, you know, week to week, where you have that seven-day break, you know, it could be that players are, you know, you play your game, and then you're having two to three days away from the training pitches, allowed to rest and recover, and then you're back in and focusing on the game. And if that's enough and you're able to get through the game and you're still able to perform, then really, you know, and, and, and you're needed within the team, you know, why take that that maybe risk or, or remove that player from the team for potentially several weeks to months 
yeah. when, like I say, you, you can have a player who can, like you say, yeah, he might be 100%, but the guy is still able to perform at 90%, and his 90% is, you know, a hell of a lot better than the majority of other players that we may have in our team. Yeah, the thing is, mate, to be honest, there's, there's something that we, we haven't actually even really mentioned too much in this pod, and I think the playing surfaces have have a huge impact as well because we've seen this season, in fact, I know the last couple of seasons, we've seen players have ACLs because they've been wearing blades and they've caught, they've, they've, be, they've been turning on a slippery surface uh, and they've done their ACLs and we've seen the pitches either overwatered or underwatered or they're too dry. Even the training pitches that, that some teams, you know, do their training sessions on, they're abysmal. So I'm, I'm guessing that it all adds up yeah, and of course, and, and again, I mean, even just the variation between different pitches from from week to week. Um, if if there's, you know, within within the Premier League, I think you know the majority of places will probably have. Um, I don't recall, but there is there are recommendations and levels in terms of firmness and hardness recommended by the the Royal Institute of of lawns and football pitches of how these should be prepared and set up in the right mix between, you know, the sand and the soil. So you have that level of consistency from, from training pitches to, you know, stadium pitches. But of course, you know, all of that comes at a cost that comes with resource. If you don't have that infrastructure in place, you know, then it's going to be difficult. You, you see um, high, uh, you know, increased uh, risk for, ACL injuries when when players go from from playing on grass pitches, for example, to to maybe four G. There's a there's a period where the, if you're playing on four G all of the time, or you're playing on grass all of the time, you know I think the the rates are you know remain fairly sort of steady. You know there are no real sort of massive differences. But once you're moving from one to the other. Um, and you're playing maybe one-off games, and that that can be the same for for different surfaces. Um, you know, then that risk because it's uh, yeah, it's it's just a different the way your body's attuned to that turning, and and you know it doesn't take a lot when you you talk about the you know the dynamic intensive nature of, of the game. You know, there's some of the forces which are being put through the the body. Um, you know, it's it's easy to see why that you. You're picking up serious injuries if you know some of those sort of fundamental things aren't in place consistently across the board. Well, Ben, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much for your input. It's been great having you on the show. I know you you could only stay for half an hour. You've done an hour and ten minutes, yeah. which is incredible, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, you've thank had you. a long season, especially with the FPL updates, and you've been working your ass off. Even throughout the World Cup, you were doing it. Um but one more thing before I let you go. How many points did you get overall in total oh, of the season? <laughs> Do you know what, mate? Um, I have no idea. I, I, people think it's a cop-out, but for, <laughs> for the fact that I, I do live my life and my job is in and around fantasy football and uh, FPL, I play the game to I play the game in a different way. And I have so, as an example, I did not own Haaland. I refused to right. own Haaland because 80% of people or managers owned Haaland. Yeah, yeah. So, all I of my that. players were, uh, I tried to get them under 12% ownership. And once it went right. over 12%, I got rid of them. I would have, <laughs> um, 
I've had set and, <laughs> set and forget captains. So I had a full season where I just put the armband on one player and just left it. Um, oh, did wow. not use me chips, you know. Like so, I just I just space it up. Just to, look, am I ever going to win FPL? Absolutely not. Do I like to have a little bit of fun in the mini leagues? Of course I do. Do I want to do things a little bit different? Yes, because that's what you know. That's what I enjoy trying to maybe succeed with you know in, in, in a different way. And, and for me, success. Look, if I can get anywhere near the top. 10%, uh, you know, using my very differential team, then uh, I see, I think, I see that's a, that's a massive achievement. So, um, absolutely. Uh, Joe, I'll be, I'll be looking at my scores because I didn't really check my overall. It, 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 I came to 2,278, which weren't bad considering that I've spent a lot of time on it this season. But my main ambition was not to win my private league. No, no, no. It was to end up on top of Rodri Giggs. <laughs> which is what I did by over 500 points. So I'm happy. He got the wooden spoon again, second year running. I think he's going to do the, tr- the, the three on the bounce next season. But Ben, thank you so much for your time, man. Pleasure, really guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you very much. And, yeah. and next time we have you on, I'm sure there'll be more interesting things to talk about. And as you said, this is a content dream for us because we can go on for like two, three hours on this pod. It's ridiculous. But thank you so much, bro. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate the invite. Take care, guys. Thanks Anytime, a lot. Mate. See you soon. Right, thank, thank you. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Cheers, bye. Bye, bye. Bye. Ah, Ben Dinnery. What a legend. What a legend. And uh, he's got a lot of knowledge when it comes to the injuries and the recovery rate and everything. And I think it was, it was a perfect pod to have him on, especially yeah. the, the injuries that you mentioned with Abor. I actually thought it would have had a lot to do with, obviously, Milojevic's training routine, sorry, training sessions that probably had an effect on him. But obviously, is, there's been a longer a longer-term problem at the club. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Shall we show the Group B highlights before we uh, finish off with a few other little things here and there? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. Only a minute and a half of this one. Salamina beat Olympia goes by three goals to two. Olympia goes already down. Um, at the end of the game, I saw a Instagram post by Eric Botiak calling it the, was it the last dance or something like that? So I don't know whether that's it for him in terms of his football career or whether that's it for him and, and Salamina. Um, Salamina have signed more people to, to contracts, but there might be a few other changes when it comes to players staying or leaving. I'm not sure if yeah. Tomes is going to be there next season. We know Doragaray is going to stay there because he signed a new deal. But Botiak mm-hmm. will probably be, probably that's it for him. I've heard rumours that he's going to go to Omonia Gosenia, which will be interesting because he'll be teaming up with Jordi Gomez again. Flori, I've heard again, might even go to Gosenia. So we, we never know. But it was an entertaining game, but... Yeah, and uh, as for the final relegation games, uh, Paralimni had to beat Anorthosi and hope that Doxa dropped points. They lost 1-0 and uh, Doxa got a last-minute penalty to get an equaliser and get a point against Doxa, uh, against Ayl to keep them up. So, yeah, drama there, handball, another last-minute penalty. Surprise, surprise. Um, don't know whether that was intentional or not, but I'm not going to... You know, mm-hmm. Garavida there was crying his eyes out because he kind of knew that it, what was going to happen. It was a good penalty from Benny, though, to be honest. Yeah. Really composed. Mm-hmm. I've done a yeah. lot of talking for this one, so I'll leave the, leave the rest with you, mate. <laughs> no, man, no, 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 man. There was, uh, the, I've, I've, got, I've got like a load of news items lined up for all the teams anyway, so I, I kind of just let you uh, go off on one. But yeah, you know, Baralimni, kind of, I did the job for Baralimni, um, but 
the play the Baralimi players only decided to show up from the 80th minute onwards, except yeah. for like a penalty shout in like the 23rd minute or something like that. Uh, you know, the, a disappoint, disappointing end to the season for them because they really could have done something and just just they they didn't have the. They didn't have the vida in them to try and stay up until yeah. the last ten minutes, and then by then, you know, you're chasing the game. You're already one 0 down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do you know what, mate? To, to be honest, right? It, the um, the the Olympiagos game for Doxa kind of made me lose interest in the in the relegation race because if you'd have told me that it was going to go down to the final day where either one of Doxa or Baralimi were going to go down, I'd be like, right, let's. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. But then what happened with the Olympiagos game, you know, 11 minutes into added time, they scored the winner from the spot. Obviously, the whole red um, warning thing. I lost interest in it. And it's sad because yeah. you knew what was going to happen. Now, look, I've got nothing against either club. I love, you know, I've got friends at Baralimni. I've got a friend at Doxa. I can't, you know, I'm not here to... to choose sides but I, again I just think Baralimi were, were hard done by in my opinion in my opinion yeah yeah I mean a lot of a lot of decisions in Baralimi's games have gone against them as well you know the, there's there's a couple of uh, points that we can point out during the season where you know could have been turning points which is why you know there's some people claiming that Garavidas has fixed it uh, for Voxa to stay up. I'm not going to get involved in that because I don't believe in conspiracy theories. Um, what I will say is, talking about the match fixing, Olympiacos are being looked at for two games. Two out of four games have been investigated this season. Two of them have involved Olympiacos. So that is that is the fine that we talked about previously and a three-point deduction. If if they're found guilty of that. So it's not a very good start for Olympiagos, you know, in, in next season in the second division. It's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult one. But yeah, gonna roll through the news. So we already spoke about uh Nel Salamina um signing loads of players on. We've had Carlitos, Miquelito, Doregaray, Gumuris, Melissas, Leuco and Ofori have signed new one year deals. Two players that won't be there next season are Adonis and Malikidis for sure because they were on loan. Uh, Adonis is going back to Achna. Uh, Malikidis is going back to Abolon. Um, speaking of Achna, they're also going to have Ilia back from Abuel. Yes. Abuel cannot afford to pay Achna the transfer fee for Ilia. Which, mm. Mm, yeah, so Achna are going to... They just have those two players with with Bambos wheeling and dealing. He's one he's, minute. He's who's, not... who's signed who signed Ilya for Abuel? Who was the coach at the time? Was it Sofroni? I think so. And Omonia looking for a striker. Well <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's see. Because uh, you know, Bambo Bambo, the manager at Achna, he's, he's a wheeler, a dealer and a half. He's a Harry Redknapp mm. of Cyprus football. Yeah. I mean, look what he did with Ael with, uh, you know, Portuguese at Cape Verdean players nobody had heard of before. You know, so... Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, true. I, and, and, and like Harry Redknapp, he always puts something in the contract for himself. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, allegedly, allegedly. I'm not saying. Allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Would, 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 yeah, Willie, Willie, Willie. So you did, you did well. A good recovery. Yeah. Yeah. You fumbled it, but you caught it. <laughs> so, so back to Salamina. They announced yes. that Magis Papayon Ioano has gone. Everybody's known that for like six weeks now that it was going to a bottle on. Uh, yep. But they did announce it on social media and kind of uh, made a mistake. This one here? <laughs> this one prayer right hands. Here? Prayer hands. Prayer hands. Prayer hands. <laughs> prayer hands. <laughs> oh. Oh. I mean, that's not even how you do the emoji, is it? You just... Oh, my God. Like, what is that? This is painful. <laughs> you did you did this deliberately, didn't you? Because you knew, Perhaps. you Perhaps. knew, right? You knew that I I hurt your feelings the other week about the stadium and the lines yeah. and all that. Yeah. So you're yeah. getting me back with the social media. I see what you're uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Ex- exactly. Yeah. Now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Since <laughs> since Del more social media fails. Anyway, right. Although you did say that there might not be some next season. Was it? Is that Garmiodisa you said that? They, yeah, Garmiodisa, uh, the social media manager, the marketing manager for Garmiodisa announced that he will be leaving Garmiodisa. So there will be a new person doing the social media for Garmiodisa. Now that means that maybe, maybe, I mean, they might hire someone else who also likes to uh use shortcuts for uh for their work but maybe we might have less uh issues let's say um well, now nikos nikos Gatsa is going to say where have all my mentions gone yeah 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 <laughs> he's going to he's, he's going to miss on <laughs> was he the is he the bioengineer you said yeah biomedical engineer yeah <laughs> He was probably thinking, I'll be spe- was I hallucinating when I saw these these uh, yeah. mentions and all uh, these ads? Was I was I on the drugs that I'm using? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, I mean, saying that they're talking about Gatsas moving on to another club anyway, so maybe you know that social media manager will make the same stuff. Um, oh, right. God. So more news today. A lot of news. A lot of news I'm talking about dropped today, which is why I had a lot of problem doing the notes. Uh, Salamina have announced that Christodoulos Christodoulos is the new coach. Um, so, welcome to Dulu Ball. <laughs> Dulu Ball. <laughs> thought you might enjoy that. Yeah. Um, n- now, Olympiagos. Obviously, we talked about uh, the, them being investigated. Now, we also know that they're about to lose lose a load of their players uh, following relegation because most a lot of their players were on loan because of the situation that the club found itself in, especially in January. So that means Esselink, Koroma, Sloga, Asseus, Psichas, Yagumagis, and Durbishai are all going back to their parent clubs. Okay. Uh, and I think there's a few contracts that are going to be up, including uh, Joel's. I think Joel mm. is, is going to be out of contract as well. So any clubs looking for a goalkeeper, get him. Get him now. Get him now. Yeah. Get him now. Um, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, if there's anything good to come of Olympiacos getting being relegated and all the red envelope stuff, is that after today, I don't have to talk about Don Naridis anymore. <laughs> Until uh, well, no, 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 no. That's it because okay because Bodex ana anamixi metopodosferos tingiplo tingiplo kipro ekana to mireo lazos ke anameno takeridi apotomasima never surrender. So basically, I never be involved again in football in Cyprus. I made the big, I made the worst mistake, and I am waiting. To learn my lesson. Okay. Do you know what? I'm sorry. No, 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 no. See, I'm not having this, right? Because if it wasn't for separate football, he wouldn't have the profile that he's got, right? And he wouldn't be writing his stupid book. Okay. I'm not, I'm, I, listen, I'm not trying to be funny. I went into a bookshop in Cyprus to get some things for my kid, right? In February, some, some Greek books. And I saw his book on the shelf, right? And it was in a section which was, with with books for idiots in fact next to the next to that book there was another book which was like something something for dummies right and i looked on the floor and there's a fucking pile of his books there no one's buying his books right unless you know he's giving them away to the netcast guys i don't fucking know okay don't talk to me that listen i'm sorry i, I can't i don't buy his shit okay i don't buy his shit and, and I, I don't buy this loving Okay, I really don't understand. Okay, he, maybe he is a nice guy, a nice guy. I don't know, for, but for me, he's he's just a, a he's a what's the word? He's a parody. That's what he is. He's a parody. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm not I, I'm not bouncing back because I agree with you completely. That's the second time I've lost it today. <laughs> All right, Actually, well, third, then... third if you include the traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if anything else comes up while I go through this. So, um, we weren't able to discuss that Aris put on a show at the Alfa Mega Stadium. So let's let's stretch out our congratulations again. They won the title. Well done, golf club. Of course, of course, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and by the way, before before um, you move on, uh, for the benefit of those listening um, and and viewing. Myself and the head of social media, Aris, we had a conversation uh, with a journalist from World Soccer Magazine, Alec Macquarie. Give him a big shout here because Alec is actually writing a piece on Aris. He was in Cyprus for the game against Omonia. Uh, I've seen bits of the article. He hasn't finished it yet, but I've seen bits of it. He's mentioned us. He's in the pod. Um, and he's mentioned, obviously, his experience watching Aris and even saw the Omoni fans celebrating the Aris penalty. Um, there's other little <laughs> bits that he's going to add to it, and I, I'm looking forward to it because I don't know if I, I probably haven't told you this, uh, Thassel, but I was telling my dad earlier. Whenever we used to go to Cyprus when I was a kid, as a family, right, I was obviously nine, ten years old, my dad always said to me, yeah, I'll go to the, the WH Smiths and buy a magazine, and the only magazine I'd get is World Soccer Magazine because Keir Radnidge... He's my favourite ever um, writer. Obviously, Gavin, Gavin Hamilton, as the years went on, he's another one. So for World Soccer Magazine to ask for our assistance for an article about a separate team, I've completed life. Like, <laughs> I've completed life. Oh, yeah, like, but I'm on cloud nine. I'm on cloud nine. Had, you've had a sine wave of a podcast, haven't you? <laughs> Bro, like... honestly, like... <laughs> Listen, doing pods, don't get me wrong, it's great, don't get me wrong. 
But as you know, you know, you do more planning than I do for this pod, but it, it can be so draining. And I've been doing this for 12 years, okay? 12 years of highs and lows. And I'm talking about, you know, not knowing whether I want to do this anymore, doing late podcasts or early podcasts, or even having to improvise. I've done podcasts in my car, but <laughs> recorded audio. I have, I'm not even lying. I've had to pull over because someone has called me to say, oh, look, I've got 10 minutes free. Can you do this? I've done it. So for us, this isn't from just for me, but for us as a pod to have our name in that bloody magazine, right? I don't mean to say bloody magazine. You know what I mean? But just, yeah. it's just my excitement here. Yeah. To be in that magazine of such stature, it's, it's massive. It's absolutely massive. Again, thank you to Alec for reaching out because, you know, and obviously thank you to everyone that's, that tunes in and follows on Twitter because all of their retweets has obviously got the attention of... Alec and obviously other people and we're growing and growing and thus all the, I, I'm not going to mention the names that we've got lined up on this pod here oh. but oh. the ones we've got lined up between oh. now and the end of next week as uh, as Nelly said batter up <laughs> sorry you beautiful. were saying sorry beautiful sorry. no no no, no. It, it's fine it's fine it's fine absolutely amazing stuff I mean I need to say as well, I missed out on going to the Aris celebrations because uh, the the marketing yeah. manager invited me because I went to go watch our boy lose against Abolon. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I There'll mean, be plenty of opportunities. I'm telling yeah. you, there'll be plenty of opportunities. Yeah. But anyway, they did they did the show. They did a big old show. It was a grand old event. Um, they had Sagirova. Sagirova, you know, um, I like, I've seen Sagirova play live at the Tirio. Like wow, yeah, like I didn't know. Fifteen years ago, something like that. Wow, yeah, okay. yeah, you know, there, there was people behind us yelling, screaming, Sagirismo, Jadevtanisftismo. Translate that. I'll translate that while, while, while you try and catch your breath. Saki, touch me. And if you can't reach, spit on me. Oh, I love it. Um, uh, but yes, they also had some other people I've never heard of because uh, obviously I'm not in that juicy 18 to 34 demographic anymore. You might, you yep. might know them, Stel. They had Oceana. No, Danzel and Ever Simmons. Now, again, me and you, it's not, you know, we're not, we're, they don't make pop culture for us anymore. We're too old. No. Now. So, no, yeah, so you know, it, these the properly big, big, big names for, for the young people out there. Uh, one of the, <laughs> and then we go back a generation before us, they also had a Queen tribute act. <laughs> Oh, so they probably okay. played, you know, show must go on. We are champions. We are the champions. You know, Standard. But, uh, all that business, yeah. Well, let me, let then, me get their Instagram up because they've got the photographs, haven't they? Yeah. Look at Vanna. Vanna signed yeah, a new is, deal. So he's there that, since 2026. That was, that was one of the other ones I had uh, written on here. Yeah. Vanna oh, sorry. Until 20. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, God, this is them celebrating at the. Uh, this, this is the Alpha Mega Arena, isn't it? 
Yeah, there you go. There's the marching band, the drummers. There you go. That's Ever Simmons. Simmons. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's. Oh, they they brought him from the dead. They brought him up from the dead. (laughs) They resurrected their club and they resurrected. uh, Fucking hell. Look at that. There you go. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so so there's that. Um, let's see, Abwell yeah, stuff. Yeah. We did Morgan. that. Morgan, hello. Morgan, look at that. Yeah, Bilal, who's oh God, he's been sublime this season. He loves yeah. his guides. He loves he, his guys. He that. loves his guys. Look at that, Hercules, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was um, it was a very nice occasion for him, and, and good luck to him. Honestly, good luck to him. Yeah. There's the announcement that Van has signed a new contract, which I'm. Very thrilled for because you know he's been outstanding since joining the club, and as you can see from the comments, he's very well respected. And yeah, good luck to the lads. Yeah. Good luck to him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, one thing we haven't mentioned, which we should, which is which is a great bit of news, is mm. in the Agritas Carmiotis game, which we didn't show any highlights for because there wasn't any goals. There wasn't actually no. anything to talk about. Nothing. Even even like referee decisions or anything like that, it's because we actually had some referees that knew what the hell they were supposed to be doing. Yes. Do you, yes. Yeah. To the point where we actually received. So we received a message from the uh, 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 on Instagram from the Agritas team to say they did yep. do an amazing job, and yep. that's because the most of the referees. Most of the refereeing team were women at the game. Yeah, that is correct. So that was the referee, the two assist, two lines people. I was going to yep. say linesmen, the two lines people. Uh, and there was also the VAR official. So all yep. four of, of these people uh, kind of made, I wouldn't say made their debut, but kind of filled uh, the uh, the refereeing team. And did a fantastic job. Absolutely, I, I and, agree. You know, and you know what? To make gone. No, to make it even better, we got we put this out on Twitter. As you can see, we got over nine thousand views, and we tagged women in football, and they loved it. They absolutely loved it. So yes, uh, we're trying to help. They got four thousand views as well, and also a friend of mine, uh, Chris, who has done some phenomenal work in the background, especially um, for the LG, LGBT Spurs fans. Uh, working as a trustee for Kick It Out, she liked it as well. So, um, yeah, it looks like we've we've got some positivity. I should say more positivity. Yeah. We've, yeah. yeah. So Cyprus FA is obviously investing in foreign referees. Well, I think they're going on about it all wrong because obviously, even with foreign referees, you hear complaints all the time by all the teams. Mm. Whereas no complaints for this for this refereeing team. So, no. so there's no. a lesson to be learned there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Number one, a woman is always right. Number two, if she's ever wrong, go back to rule number one. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, it's 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 just it's it, you know, we we've got obviously with there there is a skill set for people to be involved in refereeing in Cyprus and they seem to have just concentrated on fifty percent of the population. Mm. In fact that has taken so long to bring uh, like, uh, fi- uh, you know, f- female officials into the into the game in Cyprus, well, yeah. in general, um, but but also in Cyprus is is I think a bit of a travesty. 
So yeah. Yes. Get on it. Get on it. Um what else? What else? Uh oh yeah, I wanted to start a rumor. Start <laughs> okay. a rumor. Uh, Phil Jones is signing for Buffalo. <laughs> Re- being released from Manchester United. We'll do <laughs> Clip it. Uh... Clip it. Phil Jones is signing for Buffalo. I don't think anyone would want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'd want to do that. Well, there's there's something that I need to mention because um, we put it out there. Well, I, I spoke to you about this and we put it out on No Chofters this morning mm. um, about a rumour linking a former Man United player to uh, Omonia. And there you go. Super, Super Sport FM have picked up on it. Davide yeah, Petrucci. There you go. There you go. So hopefully, hopefully this this has legs. I'm hoping anyway. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into it. Davide Petrucci, no. who uh, who played in United's academy with Paul Pogba and Jesse Lingard, and hopefully will be coming to Ammonia. But anyway, yeah. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into mm. that. Okay, so one more Allow thing. Brav. Yeah, go on. One more thing. It's the big one. Uh-huh. It's the big one involving Cyprus Parliament, government, all, all that business. Come People, on, baby. Like, raids. They're gonna do they're gonna do a fucking raid on the Cypress FA. Got <laughs> bloody wait. I'm gonna I want them I want them all. I want them all going down. I want that turtle head to go down. I want I want him I want him out. Match fixing. <laughs> so so um an old member of the Committee of Ethics and Safeguarding in Sport, called Haris Savidis, right. um, went out and uh, did the testimony to uh, to Cyprus Parliament, following obviously the whole thing with the podcast. You know that Baba was Baba Haralambus, um, Baba Haralambus saying that Anastasiadis asked him to not look friendly between Abolon and Garmiodissa. So obviously this got brought into Parliament yeah. and now they're having a big old discussion about it. So uh, Haris Savidis went into Parliament and gave uh, gave his speech. He's also been giving a lot of statements to the press. Um, and I've got, I've got a nice quote here. So the topic of the meeting was the possible political interventions due to the statements of Baba Haralambos, who's the former president of the uh, of, of the ethics committee. For, for some reason, I've got Stevie Wonder song very superstitious, like mm-hmm. stuck in my head as you're singing, yeah. as you're talking about singing. Well, well, you could be singing it. No, well, <laughs> I'll get through it and we'll see. <laughs> All former <laughs> and current <laughs> members of the committee were invited. We had to start things over. Reasonable questions were raised. We were asked about the Carmio de Sabolon match. We were asked if we received interference or suggestions, so to speak, from political figures. When I pre- when I pre- what I presented was the Red Alerts platform where Interpol and UEFA participate. On September the 23rd, we received an email from UEFA, which was about a comprehensive report from the 1st of January 2019 and until 2020. Regarding matches of the two teams, Garmiotisa and Hermes, and they entered the red alerts on a permanent basis. Mm. So those two teams have been put on red alert on a permanent basis. And friendlies were part of that. 
So when we got the suggestion, we wondered how it is possible that there are so many red red alerts for these teams, and that Cyprus uh, the Cyprus FA regulation that provides for punishments and expo- an expulsion was not applied. So this is eleven red envelopes for Carmiodis and Hermes for France. Expulsion is after four or five. I can't remember the exact rule, but anyway. The issue of the red envelopes themselves wasn't a struggle, but when we went to the Cyprus FA, we went and they told us that they didn't receive any files and that they were very proud that they hadn't. The meeting was in October 2020. There we realized something was wrong and that we had to be very careful with the FA. What was happening automatically made us very suspicious of the FA. And while we were building a case, we also received a phone call from UEFA. And when the time comes, I will tell you who it was who rang. After yesterday's statement that an investigation into the FA is starting and I've been called to provide testimony, then I will tell who called me. The phone call had taken me by surprise and was untimely. They called to complain because we made an announcement that a red envelope had arrived. They told us that they received complaints from the FA and that's when I realized that something was going on. I don't know if Papa Haralampos or Anastasiadis were called, but I never received an intervention from anyone. Now, Here's here's the thing here, right? The the email that they received that he received from UEFA was by accident. It wasn't supposed to be sent to him about the red envelopes involving Gabriel de San Hermes. So he received it by accident and started actioning it. And that's and that's part of why. Whoever rang him at UEFA wasn't very happy. You could just imagine. Uh, you can just imagine. <laughs> you, you, you could just imagine the guy at UEFA picking up the phone. He goes, "A guy opens the door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No, I am the one who knocks." <laughs> Oh God, the way. Uh, either way, beautiful. either way, right? Old Turtlehead is going to have some problems. Oh, He's going to have some problems. Uh, uh, our friend Gumas. Uh, so there's going to be Cyprus FA elections coming up as well in a couple of weeks. And mm. and as announced a couple of hours before we started recording, uh, some news that uh, was kind of broken to us a while back. Um, mm. But the Baik chairman has thrown his hat into the ring. That is true. That is but true. Said, I think he's going to get yeah. it. I think he's going to yeah. get it. So... Between the two of them. Now, do we go for the guy that is unpopular with absolutely everybody? Or do we go with, uh, I won't say fresh face because he's been chairman before. Yeah. But it was, what, eight years ago? Something like that? Anyway. Yeah. There you go. (sighs) 
Well, you know, they, they say a week is a long time in football. And we always say this when it comes to the Borathlima and separate football in general, a, a, a day seems like an eternity, honestly. And, you know, like, you know, I do the, the radio show for BFBS on a Thursday and it goes out on the Friday. And within those 24 hours, I pray that nothing happens. So I haven't, it doesn't go, go out of date. Because it is it's frightening. I mean, I did a, uh, the show last week. It was 15 minutes and he had to cut it down to five. Bless him. Because so much had happened. And well, um, I mean, yeah, the most of the stuff that I've spoken about all got released today. Yeah. Yeah. The match fixing's been sat there for like four or five days. But the yeah. rest of that has been, it's been today. Bam, 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 bam. And it's going to happen again tomorrow because tomorrow is the 31st. So everybody's contracts are expiring. Exactly. Exactly. So this time tomorrow, guys, as you're watching this pod, you've probably seen about 15 players released from their contracts. Yeah. Uh, managers probably leaving. It's, 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 it's an exciting time of the season, but for us doing a podcast, we thought that maybe we could have a few weeks off just because it's really quiet, but it's it's not gonna be like that. But on the on the plus side, we've got a lot of good interviews planned, uh, especially for this week and next. Uh, we're just trying to get confirmation of a few. One of them, I don't know if you saw the um, the Instagram DM that I saw earlier, but one lad who yeah, so that's gonna be a good one for us. So we've got mm -hmm. lots planned, lots planned. Um, so just stay tuned. Because with Cypriot football, it never ends. I mean, this this particular episode is called And That's a Wrap. I mean, for the season in terms of the football on the field, but off it. It never ends. Never ending story. <laughs> it never ends. <laughs> right. Is there anything else that we need to step on? We've done uh, an no, hour and 45 minutes. No, man. I, I've stood on as much as I want now. I'm going to put the Legos away. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it for another edition. And thank you to Ben Dinnery for tuning in. His link and his uh, Instagram, what kind of shit, Twitter is in the description. I don't know why I'm doing this. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, it's down there. Scroll down. Yeah. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter at This Is Mappa. Facebook. And Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. 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 We have a Facebook group page. We have a Discord. Yep. All, all the information is in the description. Don't forget to like. Hit that like button because it helps us big time. Share it with your mates. As I said, we've got lots more content. We're going to get lots more guests, people that follow Cypriot football, people that are from abroad that follow Cypriot football. We have got big plans for this pod. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, gonna be, we're going to be launching a transfer roundup show. Um, I, I don't know if you're going to be available for it, Thassel, but you know, let's, let's just fucking play it by ear at the moment because there's too much going on in life. And um, yeah, yeah, we need a little bit of a breather, but fuck it. We're just going to keep going and going and going. And perhaps there might be two or three days without any news. You never know. But yeah, that's it from us. So until next time, boys and girls, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you very, very soon. <laughs>